0: As you dive into this teaching from High Point Church, we pray that it will help you grow in your faith as you believe in, belong to, and become more like Jesus. If these messages bless you, would you consider giving back in support of this ministry? You can give and learn more about High Point at www.highpoint.church. Good morning, how are we doing today? wanna to welcome all those joining us online. I was out on the Prairie Path. Who knows what the Prairie Path is, anyone? Okay, good, the prairie path is a running path and it connects all over the place. Jordan, and I bike and we run. Yesterday I was out and I took a survey. I asked 50 people while I was running. I asked them, what causes you the most worry, stress, and anxiety? Top eight answers on the board. First thing is this, inflation and baby formula. Now, I noticed there was a lot of moms out there that I talked to that were concerned. I hope there's not here. I'm not getting too political, am I? No laugh, we'll scratch that for the next service. (laughs) Next service will be top seven things. Okay, come on, can we have a sense of humor out here? That was really funny, okay. I mean, is it, I mean, are moms having an issue? Just a little survey. It's, so it's not good to joke about. Is it okay? Can I do it next service? Okay, good, I'm gonna listen to you and I'm gonna call you if there's a problem. Next is moving and selling your home. These are the things that cause stress. And how about this one? It's job and career. Hey, where am I going? What's happening? I'm not not sure if this is where I wanna be. How about number five, parenting and kids? Let's stay off of that one for a moment. I got three adult kids and I still got a lot of stress. Number four, future responsibilities. What's gonna happen? Number three, illness and death and Number two is relationships and family. And the number one thing that people said out on the prairie path that causes us stress is money. Now these are the things that cause us, they tangle us up, they cause us to lose sleep. I feel like true confessions. I think you all know I didn't take this survey on the, path, on the prairie path, do we all know that? <laughs> I mean, how could I do it while I was running? That would cause me stress. I mean, I didn't do that. All I did was do a Google search. And this is what it says. And, and 60% of Americans, serious topic today, 60% of Americans say, I, I struggle with stress. And this is an interesting statistic. 19% of them said that they have anxiety disorders. And then catch this. 24% of teenagers, according to Gallup poll, have anxiety disorders. So we're on topic. This is a really serious thing, that these are the things that cause us stress and anxiety. Now, I can look back at a season in our life where Jody and I, we had like six of the eight, and it was like that was happening, and we lost a loved one in our family, and we were moving, and, and maybe you have, experienced or are experiencing a multiple of those you know the anxiety it can bring I think in some ways and talking with all of us here at home and here I think we all went through more than one or two of these with COVID that that man it was just so so what do we do how can we reduce the amount of stress anxiety in our own lives I don't want to talk to you about it. I don't want to, I want to talk to you about it. I don't want to tell you what to do. I want Jesus to do it. So if you have a Bible, open up to Matthew chapter 6. Are you loving the series so far? Yes. This is all red letters. It's from Jesus. It's all about he's going to give us several stress reducers in this passage. And so we've been talking about recalibrating our reliance. That's the series. If you're joining us new, that's the series we want to recalibrate our hearts to God and his word. Just thought there'd be more excitement about that. Can I just say that one more time? I wanna recalibrate, thank you. I wanna recalibrate my heart to God and His Word. Because honestly, that's the thing that's gonna help me the most with everything. And that's what we see here in this passage. So let me go ahead and start reading in verse 25. We're gonna spend some time in Matthew chapter 6 in a couple weeks, we'll be in Matthew chapter 7 next week. Look at verse 25. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not be anxious about your life, what you'll eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds in the air. They neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you of not more value than they? And which of you, being anxious, can add a single hour to his lifespan? And why are you so anxious about what you wear, what you look like, How much Botox you have? I'm just kidding. (laughs) Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, will he not much more clothe you? O you a little faith. Therefore do not be anxious, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the Gentiles, those are the people that didn't know God, seek after these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them all. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Father, I pray for your spirit to to be present in our midst. We've sensed it in your worship, as we've worshiped our hearts and laid things before you. May you use your word, to help us to overcome the anxiety and the stress in our lives, if you agree with that prayer, simply say amen. First stress reducer, if you're a note taker, my stress is reduced by pursuing an eternal perspective over a temporal one. This is where it all says, I gotta put some different glasses on. I have to look at things through an eternal lens, not just a temporal one. If I don't do that, then I'm going to have more stress, more worry as a follower of Christ. That I need to keep these glasses on. And that's what Jesus gets at. Let's look at the verses. He says in verse 25, now he asks the question, is that life more than food and the body more than clothing? Answer? Yeah, it is. And then look what he says next. Are you not more value than the birds in the air? Answer. Looking for a little more participation that I'm not receiving. Answer. It is. And, And so why do we get consumed with these things? That's what this word anxious literally means. It means to be consumed with, to be troubled by. We're going to see it six times in the passage. Sometimes it's translated, maybe you're holding a version that says worry. It's worry and anxiety. And it's this idea that you're weighted down. When I was uh, in baske- uh, playing college basketball, I, they used to do this thing at the beginning of practice. It was early in the season. And they used to give us these weight jackets. And these weight jackets, I'm looking at a guy that played at Penn State. Did you ever get one of these, Ron? The, these weight jackets, we used to put them on And and what you did was you would do your jumps with them. You jump to hit the backboard. I touched the rim, (laughs) but, but you would, you, you, I mean, it was like, and it was supposed to, what was it? What's it to do? It's build your endurance. I can jump higher. Well, I'm telling you, we'd put these things out. We would do like a hundred jumps before practice. And we're like, what the heck? And, And then research finally, they said, man, that doesn't help you. That's just hurting you. That's what worry is like. It's like a weight jacket, and it has no intrinsic value that is good for your soul. It's weighing you down, and it's slowing you down, and it's hurting you. You're not going to jump higher. You're not going to run faster as a result of more worry in your life. I think we know that. What's the difference between worry and stress? Good question. Or how about stress and anxiety? Stress happens because i missed a deadline at work or i got one coming up and i'm anxious or i you know i had a a little spat with a a good friend of mine yesterday like that causes stress maybe it happened to you on the way here with your spouse or your kids and and there's stress it happens most often as a result of something anxiety It continues, it prolongs, it lingers long after the incident, the cause, the concern is over. And so this, man, we're right on topic, are we not today? Our world is filled with this. We are inside the church, outside the church. And so Jesus is saying, this is the key, value. Are you not of more value than the birds? Yes. And that word value, it literally, think of that commercial, I don't know if they still run it, where it says priceless. (laughs) That credit card commercial? That's what it means, of great value. You're priceless before God. Priceless. I don't know, I mean, let's be silly for a moment. Is a Rembrandt that's lost less valuable? No. Is a Bentley sitting in the garage Less valuable? No. (laughs) Listen, somebody said yes there. It's actually not because you know what happens is it's less mileage, so. How about this one? We can all agree to this. Is a diamond covered in mud less valuable? It, It isn't. That's how valuable you are to God. No matter if you're lost, no matter if you're idle, no matter if you're sitting in the garage, No matter if you're covered in the grime and mud and stain of this world, because, man, life is hard. Can I get an amen? Amen. It's hard with what we're consumed with, with what we're seeing. Like, anxiety is at an all-time peak today, and it ain't getting any easier with the midterm elections. Anxiety. We see it. We feel it. We experience it in our politics, in our homes, at the workplace in our church, and Jesus is like, you gotta have an eternal perspective. That's how we're gonna get through this. So I gotta show you this little video, okay? Listen to me narrating it. This is literally my house. This happened a month ago. Tyler, do we have it? This was me going out my front door a month ago like, what is happening in my house? Okay, so this is our front patio, and I'm like, what the heck is going on with all these weeds or sticks or branches? I'm like, you know, the kids? I mean, who's doing this? Like, Like, what is happening at the table? And then I look up. And I see it's all over the fan. Look at this. Isn't this wonderful about nature? at what's happening? I got birds. And what they're doing is they're building a nest on my ceiling fan. This will inhibit my time with God in the morning, reading his word outside and message preparation. But it's worth it for the little birds. I will find a new place. This is the picture I took this morning. Is that awesome? I mean, there's a couple things going through my mind. The first thing is, I could've. (laughs) And I will, and I'm in control right now, when those birds need to fly to the nest, I feel like I'm the judge of that. Boom, they're gone. (laughs) When I think they're ready. But all seriousness, I mean, Isn't it wonderful how God provides? And are you less valuable than the birds of the sky? Of course not, and he's gonna provide for us. Second stress reducer is this, that, that I need to embrace his provision and plan over my dreams and desires, over my aspirations. I think sometimes we have expectations for other people, we have expectations as parents for our kids, and we put them on them of what they should do, what they could do, and we're really putting them in our footprint or path, and and, and we gotta let go of it. Some of us, we got some aspirations with our careers and our employment, they haven't worked out for whatever reason. Ego might be involved here, and, and, and you gotta let go of it. Because God's provision is better than, than your plan and your dream and your aspiration. And, and some of us, at, even here at church, there's some hurt and there's disappointment and we didn't handle that right. That didn't go as well as it could have and there's relational discontent that's caused stress. We gotta let it go, man. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying God's got a plan. God's got a desire. And so again, we see some more questions. Why are you so anxious? Can you add a, an hour to your lifespan? Now, no amount of money in the world can do that. It, it just—it's not going to happen. Can you? Why are you so anxious about clothes? What you're going to wear? And I've been thinking about this. I think that. This can bring a little anxiety to me because my sister, who's older than me, used to drag me to the mall when I was a kid. Are you, can you believe this? Little Ronnie, come on, we're going shopping. I mean, I was at the mall as a little kid, getting dragged around, my, parent, my mom, and, and so it did get me best dressed in high school. <laughs> but I have anxiety because I got my class reunion coming up this summer. And what am I gonna wear? I mean, what is it? I, I, I'm kidding, guys, but, but what is it about the external, and these are the temporal things, and you fill in the blank, whether it's a nice jacket or a nice little hanky, what is it in your life that you're stuffing, that you're, that's causing you this anxiety and that we would put eternal lenses on to see that it isn't that important in the grand scheme of things, and I've learned a long time ago that I can only control my outlook I can't control the outcome. And I got to trust in God's provision and God's plan over what I want. Next set of verses. Will he, God, that much more clothe you? Oh, you little faith. Of course he will. He's going to do that. I was um, in College Station, Texas, where Texas A&M is uh, a, a few months ago and just complete honesty now. I, I, I had been burdened by some things that didn't go like I thought, didn't happen the way I desired in my home and here at our church, if I can be real candid. And it, 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 there was a lot of disappointment, I've been carrying these, and all the leaders know they're, they're just, you know, the, you got a smile on your face, but sometimes there's something else going on in your head. And, and there was a lot that was weighing me down. And so after my workout, one morning, I literally, I was on the top floor of this hotel looking over Texas A&M University and I don't know what, it just came over me. I don't want to over-spiritualize this, but I, I, just, like, I just dropped it to my knees. I literally had my hands up and I'm just like worshiping God. People must have saw me and thought I was nuts. And, and I just, I now call it my coulda, woulda, shoulda moment with God. And I just, God, I could have done this. I should have done this six months ago. If I would have done this, that I, this could have. And the results would have. And I got to just tell you, I'm, I, I got up from that moment and I'm still drafting off that one time with God right now. That I could have and I should have and I would have. Maybe you're like me, we just got to let go of this stuff that you can't do it again. And let me say it again, man, I can only control my attitude and my outlook. I can't control someone else's expectations. I can't control someone else's, I can't control the outcome of what's going to happen over here. And we do it with our kids and and our our jobs. And I'm just telling you, maybe you need a coulda, woulda, shoulda moment with God. Maybe that's the biggest thing I could say today. Those of us here, those of us in the balcony, maybe even you online, it, we just gotta let go of this stuff. And we gotta have an eternal perspective. And then we really gotta believe, and this is the key for me, in my moment, we gotta believe that God's provisionist plan is better than your dream and desire. That, that's for my business, for my family, for my church. Man, he's walking us through something because he can see some things differently. We look different now. I I know it. We're not going back anywhere. We're pushing forward. And we're going to do it in a way to glorify God because I want his plan over my plan. I want his desire over my desire. The scripture says it so clearly that what our desires and our love for him that that he will give you the desires of your heart. And what that simply means is he's gonna change some desires that you have to line them up more with him. Third thing, we're talking about stress reducers. This This is the gold. My stress is reduced by seeking heavenly priorities over earthly ones. And so I got this friend, sorry for all the sports analogies, but I was at the health club yesterday Sorry for the sports, wasn't Ed here last week? He has none, so I've gotta give all of (laughs) them. And and so, listen, Ed Stetzer calls me up. This is what he does, I kid you not. Wherever he's speaking in the world, he calls me up, and any time he uses a sports analogy, which isn't very often, he calls me to check the details to make sure it's right. (laughs) When I need to know the meaning of a Greek word or church history, I call him. But I'm walking past um, the gym yesterday and I see this friend of mine, who will remain nameless, he's playing who? And he's my age, we're exactly the same age. He, um, he's actually from Boston, and literally we've been playing basketball for 20 years. He, he's so fired up, he's got a tattoo on his leg indicating the brand of basketball shoes he likes. I mean, that's over the top. And, and so, I, I, true confessions, I haven't said this to the church yet, I retired about two and a half years ago. From basketball. Why is that so hard to say? I don't know. But, like, with my surgery, and like, I can't do what I used to do. And so it's like, and I'm sorry, but if I can't do what I used to do, I just don't want to have fellowship with the guys. I want to compete and I want to win, okay? And if you're not throwing me the ball when the game's on the line, I'm not playing. Thank you, let's <laughs> applaud. And so that's how I feel. I get this other friend. He's in our church. He might be here. He's going to be here at 11. He's like, just play for the fellowship. I don't got enough freaking friends and fellowship. I want to win, man. Okay, so stop it. All right. All the competitive people just are all fired up. And the rest of you are like, I'm out the door. Okay, so my friend, I almost said his name. He we have these talks and I had surgery, he just had a couple surgeries and he's like, I'm not playing anymore, I'm done, I can't, I can't, man, I'm just, it's, and and he's got the Boston accent and, and every time I walk by, he's out there playing again. You just told me you're quitting. And so there's something that's going on with this guy where he's walking by the gym up to the Stairmaster where I go and the gravitational pull of basketball just pulls him into the gym. (laughs) And next thing you know, he's playing with all these young kids. I'm looking at him yesterday like, dude, don't do it. And it happened again yesterday. And I thought about this. And I'm not slamming on my friend. But he can't stop. I wish I had that same passion and desire when it comes to God and his word. That I would seek first. That I can't stop that I don't feel like my day is going to get started right if I don't sit down with him first, that I haven't met with God and read his word by lunchtime, man, I'm just like, I got to get out there. I wish I had that same passion for God and his word and his kingdom, that, that it just gravitational pulls me. And that's what Jesus is getting at. He says, seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness and all things will be added to you. That word seek, it's this idea that it's pulling you in. It's gravitational pull that I can't stop. I got to see with an internal perspective. I've I've trusted in God's provision and plan. And, And when he says the kingdom of God, He's talking about what God is doing here on earth that will prepare us for eternity. Jesus made it clear that his reign and rule has started now in individual hearts. And so it isn't a future thing. And then here's the gold, his righteousness. Knowing that I can't be the person that I want to be. I can't be the husband that I want to be. I can't be the servant that I want to be. I can't be the parent that I want to be. I can't be or fulfill or do what I need to do. I'm gonna get stressed out and I'm gonna lose it without his righteousness. That's what gives me the strength. That's what gives me the power. It's as I live my life through him and he lives his life through me. Seek first the kingdom of God. And all this righteousness, all, all these things, interesting. I'm not talking about winning the lotto. All these things, all the things you need, maybe not what you want. Maybe not all your dreams and desires, but I've learned that once I pair myself to Jesus, once I sink myself to him, once I recalibrate my heart, I see differently. And, and I, I, I receive from him. Can we seek first his kingdom? That's what we're going after. That's the precious moment. That's, let me say it again, that I can't control the outcome, but I can't control my outlook. And then lastly, let's look at the next set of verses. Or I've got two more stress reducers. This is the last one from this passage. You'll know what I mean in a moment. So we're gonna look My stress is reduced by refusing to let tomorrow's troubles rob me of today's joy. And so I didn't read verse 34. It's just as good. Verse 33 is the memory verse. Verse 34 is the, oh my goodness, look at this. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Let that sit and simmer for a moment. Because that's happening right now to some of you. I, I, last week, as so many, a couple people, I, you know, some of you know I teach over at Wheaton at their 830 service. I walked in this morning and a couple people asked me, hey, how was last weekend? Because they knew my daughter Emily graduated from college. And so let's do this. All the high school graduates, let's celebrate. Let's celebrate all the college graduates. Let's celebrate those who got their master's and everything else. Isn't that good stuff? And now let's celebrate, I don't know, stuff that, you know, I never did this Pastor Craig we didn't do this let's celebrate those that are moving on to 6th grade or 8th grade or what the heck man like what is wrong I'm joking as I stare down a principal at a junior high or at elementary school um, now let's celebrate the parents who endured and paid the buck for these kids to get that education yes but in all seriousness I mean we love graduation and, and, and it's an awesome time. And maybe you have a party this weekend or next weekend. And, and, and when we sat there and, and you know, I, it's a seven-hour drive to the University of Nebraska. That's where Emily, our youngest, she graduated. And, you know, my dad was the first in his uh, family to get a college education. I'm the only one in my family that got a college education other than my dad, none of the kids did. And so it's a big deal. And so to have my daughter Erin and her husband fly in because we all flew in to their graduation uh, out east and to have my um, daughter and her husband who live here all getting cram into the big car and pay a ton for gas and they didn't reimburse me. And, <laughs> and for us to go down and, 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 and sit there in the stadium. I mean, there's so, they do it in the stadium and there's just thousands of people and they're cheering. and Like, it's a big accomplishment. And it's a milestone. I'm just proud that our whole family's there for that milestone. Now, what if I'd have just been sitting there? I wonder what's going on at church. I wonder what Ed just said. I, I wonder what... I'm gonna do about that situation next week. I, I, I wonder what my sister, she's not here, and we invited her, and my brother, like how come they didn't come? What, what if I just sat there, consumed, with what didn't happen, or what I'm nervous about, rather than what was happening? I, I, honestly, I, Friends, I I think we live our lives like that. And the reason I think that is because I do it far too often And, and we let tomorrow's troubles that we can't control the outcome to affect today's outlook. I just think we'd be happier people if we were able to do it and do it effectively. So lastly, I think this is one that's not in the text, as I said, but I think it's of extreme importance because it's throughout the Bible. And so I'm not gonna share the verses. I'm just gonna maybe put them on the screen, but you can see the listings. I'm not gonna read them. My stress is reduced by opening up to others instead of shutting them out. So we're really good at stiff-arming people. Anybody with me? Uh, Another sports analogy. Lord, is this man, can he say anything besides sports? We stiff arm people and we keep them from being close to us. And I think that the Bible, we're, we're saying it, we see the verses, like that's not helpful. We're supposed to confess and put away falsehood. And, and so it's the difference between transparency and, um, and vulnerability, and so, transparency is this idea, and we've kind of taught on this before, but transparency is this idea. Imagine you just, everything in here, you just put it out on the table. And you got some people that you kind of throw up on. And you're just like, I'm just going to get, th- I got to get this out. And these are trusted people. These are mature people. These are people that you know and love and that you've invited them into your life. That's transparency. Vulnerability is when you look at the eyes of these people and you say, can you help me develop a plan to deal with this and get through this? So I think we can be not transparent and not vulnerable. I think we can be transparent and not vulnerable. I think God's telling us, I want you to be transparent and vulnerable and invite people in to reduce the amount of anxiety and stress. And one of these people should be a person who what? They've been there before, they know you. Hey, how about this? Here's the five voices that I believe we need around the table. And and again, this is some teaching that we've had before, but I believe let's retool it to reduce anxiety. And so this this is the application for the message. Primary application. So the first person we need, we need a truth teller here. Somebody that knows you, that knows your tendencies, that you'll listen to, that you've invited in, that can show you your blind spots. And then the second person we need is we need a trustee. And so what I mean by trustee, this is the person that may, they may not be sitting right here. Like for me, I have to make a phone call out to San Diego if I want to do something with our church or if I was considering something in my own life. And this is a guy that I call. I've got two or three of these people. One of them lives here in the Chicagoland area and, and they know me. They, they've, they're not impressed with something that I'm going to do because they've done it all. And so when I say, well, you know, I did this. So what? I did that three times 20 years ago. I mean, they're not impressed by anything. And, and so this trustee is the person that knows you and can give you a counsel because they're out ahead of you and you've invited them in. Third person, good stuff, teachers. We need somebody at the table that's gonna, that, that we can learn from, and leaders are learners, and so we need to learn from people, learn about ourselves, learn about our tendencies, learn learn what we do and what we don't do, and and we've gotta, like, we're constantly need to learn to grow, so I'm gonna invite the worship team up right now, and the worship team's gonna come forward, don't let them be a distraction, but I I want us to have a time with the Lord where we worship him at the close of this service to reduce the tension and anxiety in our own hearts, so as they come forward, let me go through these last two. We need Timothys, And, and so a Timothy That's the person that you've been taught something and you really know something when you have to turn around. And in the Bible, Timothy is the guy who Paul poured into. And so who is it that you are pouring yourself into to help someone else go through and reduce the amount of anxiety and stress in their life? And you say, well, I can't, I'm just so. You know what, sometimes we can be extremely effective in the midst of our difficulty helping people that are going through the same thing when we're honest. And and so we need the Timothys in our life to pour into. So again, we're gonna worship him in a moment. The fifth is my favorite. I, I gotta have tank fillers, man. These are the people that I can let my hair down with. These are the people I can laugh with. These are the people I do something with them that I can't do with you because you're gonna judge me. These are just the people you have fun with. I mean, I used to, these are the guys I used to play basketball with, but now I can't play. I mean, these are the guys that just bring you joy, or the ladies in your life that, you know, they just fill your tank, man. So so that you're not, you know, so that you can take your focus off tomorrow's troubles and live for today. These are the five voices we need. And so let's stand together. Father, prepare our hearts for worship. Father, prepare our minds for you. I pray you would give us an eternal perspective and that we would, even in this moment, we would begin to see things differently, eternally instead of temporarily. Father, I pray that we we would embrace your provision and plan over our dream and desire. And I'm just asking you, Lord, that we would seek Heavenly priorities that we would seek first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, so that all can be added to us. Father, even in this time, let us let us refuse to let the things that we cannot control control us. And Lord, I pray that even right now, you would be speaking to us that that we need some voices in our life, and none not one none of these. All of these voices can't be played by one person. It's not healthy. We need multiple people in our lives speaking into us truth. And I pray that your word today, Lord, would calm us and cool our hearts. And I just pray now as we enter into a time where we worship you with this song, that, Lord, the scripture says that We're to worship you in spirit and truth. Let the spirit come alive in us as the truth we've just heard. Let us open our hearts to worship you for who you are. If you agree with that prayer, say amen. Let's praise God. Let's worship him.